Hi, this is Kev Lakes Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. In my unending quest to bring you music from around the world, we now travel over to Ireland, where I'm joined by Mary Stokes of the Mary Stokes Band. Good evening, Mary. Are you well? I'm very well. Thank you very much, and it's lovely to be here. I'm delighted. Excellent. Well, you kindly sent me a link to your album, which I had listened to, and I was actually blown away. It's, it's sort of a live album, but it's a rehearsal for a gig. Yeah. Did the gig ever happen, or was this just as pandemic hit? <laughs> the gig did happen, and what happened was that this was a little bit, about six months before lockdown. Right. Uh, and before the pandemic hit, really, at all. So... Being a blues band, we don't always rehearse a lot, but there are times where you're kind of putting it together and you want to get a new song in or you want to get things tightened up. We were working with relatively new players because myself and my husband, who blows harmonica on the the album and is my harp player, uh, over we've over 20 years experience. I think there's a lot of your listeners over the years, people might know a little bit about us or have heard of us. We've worked over a long time and we have a lot of experience in the blues playing in Ireland, not so much in England, but we have played a lot in Europe and we've played a considerable amount over in the States as well and we've worked with a lot of people so we work with new players or we work with different, a different lineup as time goes on, that always happens. So it was with reluctance, if you like, I think a blues band is always best live. It's a, it's a live music. It's about kind of being on stage with people and letting things happen, letting solos flow and all of that. But we decided to go into the studio to, to, to get that bit of tightness so that you have a structure, so that you can be loose once you have a structure. Uh, I think in music so we were doing that and then Brian loves recording he's a very keen I, I don't mind the studio but Brian is very keen on getting stuff down so we'd rec- we recorded the session and that was that then we went and yes we did the gig and yes we had a great gig and it was good and everything worked well and we went on but then Covid hit and the whole difference between what you could do as a band and what you could what we could expect to kind of deliver changed because of of covid so that was when we started thinking well we have that session that we had recorded so we have always recorded we've about i think we've got 10 albums that we had released independently over the years usually like most bands we usually sold that as merchandise at at gigs Mm -hmm. so then lockdown is a strange space we all know that so this was kind of why we thought, and I have to say again, I'm going to say that this is to all credit to Brian because he was saying there's still something in that recording. And I then started listening to it again and thinking it actually did capture some energy. So sometimes you're really lucky. Mm. It's a bit like, you know the way sometimes you, you get a, a good photograph just by accident. Yeah, yeah. This was capturing some energy. And this is the thing that often in, in the blues the reason why the chess recordings all those years ago are so remarkable is because they were a band playing in a room Mm. and it wasn't kind of layering down the drums and putting in, you know, it was basically kind of capturing a sound that was live. So there was that feeling we had about that recording. Yeah. Even though we've loads of other recordings. So that particular, that seemed to have something. And then 
it was sort of a decision that we made. Look, this actually, this has a quality, actually. So other people decided to do streaming gigs or to do, uh, you know, distant, try and do distant gigs, distantly populated gigs and all of that kind of thing. And this is our response to the lockdown situation. So it meant that we took what was basically a live recording. We didn't do an awful lot to it. But the biggest thing that was, and the most important thing was that we got our friend Pete Holiday, who comes from a punk rock background, from the Radiators from Space mm-hmm. and Phil Chevron. So we worked with them and it was the first time we asked, Pete has developed a studio, so it was the first time we got someone coming from that kind of headspace to do a mix. So, it, you know, you put different things, bits together and it actually comes out the way it is. Because this was actually, myself and Pete had a chat about it and I was saying, look, you know, the thing is when we come out of the, we have the recording, we've heard a mix and it's like every, like the life is squashed out of it. It doesn't feel like it's us in a room together anymore. Mm. And he was saying, I understand. And if something jumped out at you, Kev, and and the energy that's in it, I think that's the thing that's jumping out. It feels like a gig. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we hope for. Were you planning on recording a new album? We thought, well, we're going to put something out. Let's put this out. The recording has always been a feature of our work. Basically, we have 11 albums that we had recorded over the years. We always would have a recording project. And usually, to be honest, that would be motivated through Brian's interest in recording from his background. He grew up in the States and he would have he, he would have gone to see Jimmy Cotton blow mm. harp in Connecticut years yeah. ago. And then he would have listened to Paul Burfield and all of that era in, in blues. So there's always some recording project on the go. At the moment, we have another one that we've already kind of, we're already started on and doing in that distanced way, which means we can't all come into the room, that's for sure. The reason I asked whether you were planning a new album is because on this album, you included two new songs you were rehearsing with Shobzy O'Brien. No, I wouldn't want to presume anything on Shobzy's career. Chomzy is a brilliant Irish singer. He was the lead singer uh, up to recently with a a great Irish uh, rock band. And Shabs, uh, that band have have finished for the moment, but Shabsy will have a great career in rock music ahead of him. Whether or not we engage and do another project with Shabsy will be, you know, is entirely possible. And one of the things we've usually tried to do as well of the years is to work with with other people who are engaging with music. One of the things I think in blues and one of the feelings that I would have about blues is that it really, it's really about a community and the blues family. But like a family is always open, should, I, I think is always open to having new members. So a lot of the time we've, we've worked where one of our albums, we had a lot of guests on it. So we would have had Liam O'Malley from the Hot House Flowers and Mary Coffin and all sorts of Irish performers you know, and as you know, the root of every piece of rock and roll or every piece of rock music, the root of that is, is somewhere in the blues. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so that's where those partnerships uh, are going. But it wasn't like that wasn't particularly a taster. That was of something to come. That mm. was much more about what we would do at a live gig. So Shopsy would have guested with us at a couple of our big shows. We say at a couple of the festivals based in Dublin. Dublin, you know, Queelands have a Blues and Roots Festival or have had. 
and and Chapsy would come along and join us singing on that. So that's where those experiments come from. You say you've been going for 20 years now, 20 years experience, and you played all over the place. Is there a particular gig or venue that sticks out for any particular reason? I think that if I was to talk about Irish gigs, I definitely think that any of the opportunities that we have had to perform with any of the blues greats have have something that stands out. So I'll, I'll pick one because the venue is gone, but I'll pick the time that we had and the, the, we had lots of experience with, as I say, playing and getting to know different blues artists who came to Dublin one of the people who was really enjoyable and we worked very closely with was Kerry Bell. And so we performed a number of times with Kerry Bell um, and and had had a remarkable kind of really good community with him. You know, like we got on very well. And then the last time that he was he came over, he was with his family with Laurie Bell was playing uh, guitar and Steve uh, and Tyler, I think, was there as well. So in other words, the Bell family mm-hmm. uh, were on tour, so so that stands out. But you see, there are so many moments when we did support for John Lee Hooker in Dublin, and we went out on the town with his band. We didn't actually get to meet John Lee. This no. was in '89, just before the Healer. Yeah, we went to a venue called Toad's Place in the States that summer, and we ended up meeting the bass player was Jim at the time, and we ended up meeting Jim in Toad's Place in Connecticut. Um, so it's hot summer in, in USA. And again, we're going and we see the guys that we were out in the town in Dublin with. So yeah. I say we, myself and my, my husband, Brian, and and Jim was there. And I said, hey, Jim, hey, it's Mary from Dublin. And he said, oh, Jesus, yeah. And then he said, would you like to meet Mr. Hooker? So we went downstairs and we spent an hour talking with John Lee. And... Those moments, they will stand out because they are spectacular. Yeah, meeting Fats Domino was amazing. We played up in the Ulster Hall, but also in Dublin with Fats. And again, he was an incredible individual. He was a brilliantly generous person. But but like that, there are so many memories. Rory Gallagher, Taj Mahal. I had a great gig. Uh, do, people might know Bishopstock was a festival uh, that was down in the south of England yeah. and um, we we played with Taj about four or five occasions where he played in Ireland so we got to be very friendly with him um, and actually recorded one album based on a question that he asked us was kind of would you consider kind of thinking about Irish music and blues and how does that connect and of course I would feel that it does mm. so uh, that was where one one album a kind of acoustic based album uh, came from but again you know sometimes I suppose the album that's out that we have at the moment in a way was very much about uh, it was a response to COVID because it it's meant to feel like a, as I said it's meant to feel like a gig but it's also supposed to hopefully translate for people who are listening to something on the radio and I really think it's like, again, COVID has created a very strange space. We all are struggling with it. So that if we can have something that reaches people and that, that has that sense of like, yeah, we're here at a gig and the excitement of it, well, mm. then that's the achievement. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. I've, I've said on numerous occasions, the one thing I'm so looking forward to is seeing mm. live music again. Let, let's talk briefly about you. I mean, we've talked about your projects and things, but did you grow up 
in a musical environment? Yeah. I was speaking recently and someone asked me that question. I actually, I sat back from it and I thought, I don't ever remember not hearing music. Yeah. I don't ever remember not being <laughs> music. My mother played piano. My sisters and I, we were both, we were all in choirs. You know, there was music left, right and centre. You really had no possibility of avoiding it, even if you wanted to. And I didn't particularly want to, but, you know, so it was always around us. Like, I was aware of punk and uh, what was going on. So I would kind of, you know, but I was also then doing classical training, vocal training, and I was also going through school in choirs and my sisters, and we'd be, you know, you'd have your party piece. Every uh, Anyone, you know yourself, when you were a certain age, you had to have your party piece at yeah. a certain time. There's all sorts of different kind of influences. And I was lucky as well because, you know, my uh, I was the youngest of the family. So then my brother's experience, they would have brought me or, you know, we would have been, they would have been playing gigs. And indeed, I remember seeing Rory Gallagher when I was young. And uh, we I, I got to meet him because my brothers were involved in, in music industry, if you like. Uh, Niall, my brother, has, has the magazine Hot Press magazine they started in the late 70s so there's a whole load of things there as well you know there's lots of different stories Mm. so i'm very lucky in my reason for singing blues is not to uh i i believe blues allows you to express every piece of your human emotion so that means that you have as much about being happy and cheerful and going crazy joyful and like jumping up and down and energetically partying as well as those moments where you have like I'm really feeling down and I'm I'm in a bad place but I'm expressing this blues is not really about being blue blues is an expression of being human mm. it's it's a way that that it, it allows every range of of emotion so for example we call it Maddie won't write that came from the Alan Lomax Blues in the Mississippi Night uh, and the field recordings. And then he's interviewing uh, Memphis Slim and Sully Boy Williamson and Big Will Brunsey and, and, and asks them, Memphis Slim, Sully Boy Williamson, what gives you the blues? And they, they all go through the sort of a, an answer to that. Well, it could be this and it could be that. Mm. And what gives you the blues in a way, could be anything. So in other words, you could, you, you can really feel like, and we've all been at live gigs, we're talking about live gigs, where really it's full of energy. And I mentioned like Rory Gallagher. Rory Gallagher attacked the stage. He came running out onto the stage. He wasn't coming out full of, I woke up this morning and I'm feeling so bad. He came out with a with a as a hurricane of energy mm. and i would believe and that's where we would i would come from personally where i come from in my doing gig work i would come out full of energy and i believe that you can have anger you can have delight you can have sadness and grief and joy all of it can be expressed i i actually get very cross if i think people think uh, blues is just something that's kind of vaguely miserable and kind of like, no, 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 you just, you don't know what you're talking about. And we've also had loads of people at gigs saying, oh, that's blues. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> There's been occasions on the show where I've played something and I've said the purist might say, that's not blues. Listen to the chord structure. Yeah. 
If you, sure. It is blues. And sure. the, the show is called Shades of Blues because I play all kinds of blues, whether it be bluegrass, New Orleans, acoustic blues, rock blues. It covers such a oh, yeah. wide variety. And I mean, again, you see, you, you like what the, the, the stuff again that we're kind of looking at now would be, or you look at country blues, for example, just even break it down into, like there's a huge difference as well between like, okay, something comes from a particular source. We have the Chicago-style blues. Everyone knows and kind of understands. My my band and my our performance, because we use, for example, because we usually have harmonica, that dictates a type of approach. So yeah. it's going to come from sort of a Chicago bass. Mm-hmm. And we will often have, it'll often have a guitar bass or, you know, guitar bass, drums, harmonica and piano. That'll usually, so that's a Chicago kind of... It's a bit like, kind of, why would we put a, a limit on what we have, you know, and just enjoy the differences in it and say, well, yeah, that's going from a different place. Yeah. And we don't have to worry too much about that. I think it's, for me, that's the way it works. Yeah. If you are in America and you're traveling around, you've got your, mm-hmm. your Mississippi Delta Blues. If you go down to New Orleans, you've got your Honky Tonk and uh, Zydeco Cajun. You've got your Texas sure. Blues. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your West Coast yeah. Blues. It's just, oh, I could go on for hours about this. <laughs> Anyhow, the album is out as we speak. You say you've got other projects in the pipeline. Do we have a timeline yes. for those? Well, we're hoping to have a, we're hoping to have a single. We've one project that we're hoping to have out uh, and make available fairly soon, uh, as in within the next couple of months. I mean, we we've, we've, we have the guts of a piece uh, worked out. I won't get into it too much. I can tell you about that at a later stage. So we have kind of one project in a couple of months and then hopefully working up. And we would hope to have another release within the year. I mean, that might be kind of... It, it, you know, things are very difficult, if mm. you like, in terms of trying to get into the studio. You have to come in one at a time or at most two... Like myself and Brian, we're going to go into the studio on Friday, but that's because we're in a pod and we're yeah. going into a studio where the guy he works in healthcare as well. So he actually has been inoculated. So in other words, we can make that work, but it's about that. So we have to take it step by step. But we're definitely uh, working on new stuff. We've got a number of new projects and we will be within, let's say, we'll, I'm, I'm going to ask, uh, we'll say, a couple of months we'll have something new out for people and then we'll see where we go from there yeah the biggest problem for everyone and and the sad and the difficult thing is that the plans that we might have made now you look at every plan and you think well i'm hoping yeah because like say one of your passions is performing live and Mm -hmm. realistically we're looking at possibly nine months before that can happen on the basis where you can have a venue with people outdoor yeah. gigs possibly but actually performing in a bar or somewhere like that you're looking maybe end of the year or into next year one of the really difficult things for i think actually all musicians but in particular maybe i feel that blues needs an audience and it needs an audience kind of that are up close and personal if you like mm. you know it doesn't I think that one of the challenges is where socially distant gigs don't allow, uh, and you know, I'm going to say uh, that it's sort of all, that it, there's a physics involved. <laughs> there's actually 
energy that is generated from the audience and the band mm. working together. You know, it isn't like you can separate it out and put a, a screen between and everything's fine and it's just play. I'm not saying that anything is. I just think that with blues in particular, blues is about being human. Yeah. <laughs> it's about being human and, and being with people. I thank you for taking the time out to do this. We've had problems along the way, yeah. but we got there in the end. I think uh, it's great. Thank <laughs> you very much for your time. I'm delighted. I, I, and, you know, it's a difficult thing to do as well. I wish you every every good fortune and all of the listeners. I hope everyone keeps uh, keep your faith. The blues will come back. The blues is a very resilient mu- music as well. Don't forget that. Yes, yes. And um, we look forward <laughs> to your future projects and do keep in touch. I will indeed. Thanks very much, Kev. Not a problem. Good talking to you. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So, plenty more to come. And, of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.